Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And a very good morning to everyone. It is a beautiful 75 degrees this morning here. I have not felt that temperature in a while. It's overcast and I have the windows open. So it's quite downstairs anyway. It's quite nice. Well, keep praying for Israel. <laughs> Boy, I was looking at things going on today. Uh, this whole thing about the hospital being blown up there in Gaza is being blamed on Israel, and Israel says, nope, didn't do it. Hamas did it, either on purpose or on accident when they launched a missile. Going to inflame everything. Now you're going to see a lot of people start saying, no, Israel is just out to destroy civilians and innocent people, so we got to keep keep looking for the truth and keep praying. Well, let's move on into the reading today. We're in Jeremiah 1 and 2, Acts 26, but first, the dad joke for the day. I've got this disease where I can't stop making airport puns. The doctor says it's terminal. With that, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for giving us every morning to wake up. And thank you for the life that we have. The thank you here in the West that we're not in the middle of war, that we're not being overrun by military forces. God, we do pray for your peace to be established somehow, God, to... Bring your justice there in Israel, but also an end to this conflict before it turns into a world war. We don't know what else to pray, but thank you, God, for at least revealing to us your words so we have the understanding of the times that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. Everything going on over there is related to everything we're reading here because we're reading all about Israel and the God of Israel. And right now, it's, the whole world is focused on Israel. How interesting. Jeremiah 1, 1, reading through chapter 2, Jeremiah's call and commission. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the king of Ammon, king of Judah in the 13th year of his reign. And it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations." Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Verse 9, Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have anointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. 
The almond rod in the boiling pot. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. The word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord. And they will come and they will set each one his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and against all its walls round about and against all the cities of Judah. And I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. Now gird up your loins and arise and speak to them all which I command you. Do not be dismayed before them, or I will dismay you before them. Now behold, I have made you today as a fortified city and as a pillar of iron and as walls of bronze against the whole land to the kings of Judah, to its princes, to its priests, and to the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Chapter 2. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember concerning you the devotion of your youth, the love of your betrothals. You are following after me in the wilderness, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord the first of his harvest. All who ate of it became guilty. Evil came upon them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What injustice did your fathers find in me, that they went far from me and walked after the emptiness and became empty? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness? through the land of deserts and of pits, through the land of drought and of deep darkness, through the land that no one crossed and where no man dwelt. I brought you into the fruitful land to eat its fruit and its good things, but you came and defiled the land and my inheritance. You made it an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that did not profit. Therefore, I will yet contend with you, declares the Lord, and with your sons, sons, I will contend. For cross to the coastlands of Kittim and see and send to Kedar and observe closely and see if there has been such a thing as this. As a nation changed gods when they were not gods. But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this, and shudder. Be very desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Verse 14. Is Israel a slave, or is he... A home-born, home-born servant, why has he become a prey? The young lions have roared at him. They have roared loudly. They have made his land a waste. 
and his cities have been destroyed without inhabitant. Also, the men of Memphis and Tephanes have shaved the crown of your head, and you have not done this to yourself by your forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way. But now, what are you doing on the road to Egypt to drink the waters of the Nile? And what are you doing on the road to Assyria to drink the waters of the Euphrates? Your own wickedness will correct you, and your apostasies will reprove you. Know, therefore, and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God. And the dread of me is not in you, declares the Lord God of hosts. For long ago I broke your yoke and tore off your bonds. But you say, I will not serve. For on every high hill and under every green tree you have lain down as a harlot. Yet I planted you a choice vine, a completely faithful seed. How then have you turned yourself before me into the degenerate shoots of a foreign vine? Although you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, the stain of your iniquity is before me, declares the Lord. How can you say, I am not defiled? I have not gone after the bales. Look at your way in the valley. Know what you have done. You are a swift young camel entangling her ways, a wild donkey accustomed to the wilderness that sniffs the wind in her passion. In the time of her heat, who can turn her away? All who seek her will not become weary. In her month, they will find her. Keep your feet from being unshod and your throat from thirst. But you said, it is hopeless. No, for I have loved strangers, and after them I will walk. As the thief is shamed when he is discovered, so the house of Israel is shamed. They, their kings, their princes, and their priests, and their prophets, who say to a tree, you are my father, and to a stone, you gave me birth, for they have turned their back to me, and not their face. But in the time of their trouble, they will say, Arise and save us. But where are your gods, which you made for yourself? Let them arise, if they can save you in the time of your trouble. For according to the number of your cities are your gods, O Judah. Verse 29. Why do you contend with me? You have all transgressed against me, declares the Lord. In vain I have struck your sons. They accepted no chastening. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. O generation, heed the word of the Lord. I have been a wilderness to Israel or a land of thick darkness. Why do my people say we are free to roam? We will no longer come to you. Can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Verse 33. How well you prepare your way to seek love. Therefore, even the wicked women you have taught your ways. Also on your skirts is found the lifeblood of the innocent poor. You did not find them breaking in. But in spite of all these things, yet you said, I am innocent. Surely his anger is turned away from me. Behold, I will enter into judgment with you because you say, I have not sinned. Why do you go around so much changing your ways? Also, you will be put to shame by Egypt as you were put to shame by Assyria. From this place also you will go out with your hands on your head, for the Lord has rejected those in whom you trust, and you will not prosper with them. So a whole, whole lot to cover here. I'll try just to sum it up as best I can. He, uh, Jeremiah is contemporary with so many others. Uh, Daniel is in Babylon by the 
first deportation. Remember, there's three deportations. We're in this very interesting time where there's three world-dominating forces fighting, Egypt, Assyria, and uh, Babylon. So Assyria has taken away the, the northern ten tribes. They're, they're, they are established in Nineveh. And um, <laughs> well after the time they had a chance to repent by Jonah, 150 years later now they're rebelling again and coming against Israel. And they have some success against the towns around Jerusalem, but not Jerusalem itself. And uh, we just finished Habakkuk. See, Habakkuk lived during this time. Oh gosh, there's so many. I, I had to, uh, I had to keep the list. the The list of prophets besides him: Ezekiel, Habakkuk, Nahum, Obadiah, Daniel, Ezekiel. I already mentioned uh, are all are all living during this time. So you have Ezekiel and Daniel over in Babylon when they first came, and they uh, struck Jerusalem and. and beat them, they took away many people. Now, left there is these other these other prophets, along with the time of Josiah. They're the kind of a puppet state kind of under Babylon. And, um, and Jeremiah is one of them ministering there during this time. And Habakkuk is with him. We just covered him and Nineveh and, I mean, Nahum and Obadiah. But remember, Habakkuk was up, up on the wall saying, you know, we're already getting beat. It took about uh, 40 years for Jerusalem to completely fall and had the three attacks and the three times that they were taken away. And uh, Habakkuk's up in the wall going, why, God? Why do the righteous suffer uh, when the wicked are so much worse than us? We're righteous, they're wicked, and we're suffering. And why are you allowing all this to happen? And God just gently reminds him, look, if you're righteous, really righteous, you will live by faith. And... I don't know if I could say it's coded message, but the idea is faith in me, in Yahweh, no other gods. And here, as we're seeing, Jeremiah is there in Jerusalem at the same time. He's presenting us the opposite of what's going on in the hearts of, their, of the people. They were extremely idolatrous, even though Josiah was there around this time and had found the copy of the law and has this amazing Passover, and they do amazing things about coming back into worship of the Lord, that had not changed the heart of the people. Josiah had changed. Maybe some of the priests had changed, but the heart of the people didn't. They were like a wayward wife, a prostitute, a wild donkey in the, you know, in the desert, seeking for immorality with whatever nation or whatever people. They were only seeking after what would satisfy their flesh. And so Jeremiah comes on the scene, called by God, reluctant, didn't want to do it, and says, I'm going to send you to them to give them one last hope, one last chance before this last invasion where they're all going to be taken, everybody's going to be taken into Babylon. So this is where we are in the book of Jeremiah. And he is crying out to them, and it's sad. We call him the weeping prophet, um, because he's not going to have much success. The people aren't going to listen to him. Even though he says, you, if you just turn to the Lord, God will find a way to keep Babylon from coming in and destroying you all. Interesting. And this all ties together with all these prophets kind of happening at the same time. Acts 26 now, Paul's defense before Agrippa. Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and proceeded to make his defense. In regard to all the things which I am accused by the Jews, I consider myself fortunate, King Agrippa, that I'm about to make my defense before you today, especially because you are an expert 
in all customs and questions among the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So then, all Jews know my manner of life from my youth up, which from the beginning was spent among my own nation and at Jerusalem, since they have known about me for a long time, if they are willing to testify that I lived as a Pharisee according to the strictest sect of the religion. And now I am standing trial for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers, the promise to which our 12 tribes hope to attain as they earnestly serve God night and day. And for this hope, O king, I am being accused by the Jews. Why is it considered incredible among you people if God does raise the dead? So then I thought to myself that I had to do many things hostile to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. And as I punished them often in all the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme. And being furiously enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. While so engaged as I was journeying to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining all around me to those who were journeying with me. And when they had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you to point you a minister and a witness, not only to the things which I've seen, but also to the things which I will appear to you rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So, King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but kept declaring both to those in Damascus first and also at Jerusalem and then throughout all the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. For this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. Verse 22, so having obtained help from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer, and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim light, both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. While Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I utter words of sober truth. For the king knows about these matters, and I speak to him also with confidence, since I am persuaded that none of these things escape his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do. Agrippa replied to Paul, In a short time you will persuade me to become a Christian. Paul said, I would wish to God that whether in a short time or long time, not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am except for these chains. Verse 30, the king stood up and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with him. And when they had gone aside, they began talking to one another. 
saying, This man is not doing anything worthy of death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. And there is why so many people think that Paul made a mistake in appealing to Caesar. Should have kept his mouth shut. But when you look at what God said to him and what God planned, God's plan was using him to get the word out to the Gentiles and to those in power. This was exactly, in my opinion, what God wanted him to do. Uh, witness to King Agrippa, witness to Festus, witness to Felix, witness to Caesar, witness to the house of Caesar, everyone be able to go to the, and visit the church that he always wanted to go visit in, in, in Rome. And so this was uh, all a part of God's plan. And Paul was willing to do whatever the Lord wanted him to do. What an amazing uh, servant and what an amazing way to witness. Just saying straight out, look, King Agrippa, you know what the prophets say. You believe in the prophets. The prophets always prophesied of the Christ, meaning the anointed one, the Messiah. You believe that the, the Bible prophesied that the Messiah would come and die and be raised again. So Paul now has a full understanding of what the prophet said. So he's witnessing to them only using the Old Testament. And this is the way to witness to a Jewish person. Jesus is all through the Old Testament. If you just use it about the coming of the Messiah and the prophecies, it's, it's a phenomenal way to witness to people. Charles Spurgeon, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Psalm 126.5. Weeping times are suitable for sowing. We do not want the ground to be too dry. Seed steeped in the tears of earnest anxiety will come up all the sooner. The salt of prayerful tears will give the good seed a flavor which will preserve it from the worm. Truth spoken in awful earnestness has a double life about it. Instead of stopping our sowing because of our weeping, let us redouble our efforts because the season is so propitious. Our heavenly seed could not fitly be sown laughing. Deep sorrow and concern for the souls of others are far more fit accompaniment of godly teaching than anything like levity. We have heard of men who went to war with a light heart, but they were beaten. And it is mostly so with those who sow in the same style. Come then, my heart, sow on in thy weeping, for thou hast the promise of a joyful harvest. Thou shalt reap, thou thyself shalt see some result of thy labor. This shall come to thee in so large a measure as to give thee joy which a poor, withered, and scantly harvest would not do. When thine eyes are dim with silver tears, think of the golden corn. Bear cheerfully the present toil, and the disappointment of the harvest day will fully recompense thee. That's profound. That is very profound. And amazing that he could bring those thoughts together the way he did. So true. And when you're going through some very, very difficult times, it seems that God wants to use those tears to soften and make real the seeds of your faith and of the future blessings that he is going to raise up in your life. What a beautiful thing to hold on to. Hold on to those things. Those are important. Father, we thank you for the blessing that we have in you. We thank you that you have brought these things to mind. And we do pray, God, in earnestness for the, for the people that are suffering and we suffer with them, we hurt with them. We realize there's so much anguish going on in the world. We want to weep with those that are weeping, the families that have lost children, lost loved ones, and, and, and elderly, and, um, and the families that have no food and no water, things that are going on. They're so 
difficult in um, not only Israel, but also in Russia, Ukraine, China, Korea, parts of Africa, many parts of Africa, and even here in the West, even amongst their own fellowships, there's people that have very little food, that need medicine, that need help, but they don't have it available to them. So God, help us to be sensitive and to weep with them and to intercede for them. And may you water those seeds, God, with your Holy Spirit, and may you bring up a harvest of blessing in, around us. Continue to let your word go out strong, God. Thank you for what you're doing. We do wait patiently on you to see what you will be doing in these, these days. Help us to stay strong and trust you, God. Pray for protection for our world right now that your hand will be held back from these nations jumping in and and starting a world war, God. We know that it is not outside the possibility. We pray, God, your hand to stay all of these countries that are looking now to send troops into the Middle East. Just pray for your peace and your protection. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go, guys. God bless you. See you there. (music) Bye-bye.